And we are live slash recording on our third episode of the Bayou Dragons podcast. <sighs> like before, I'm Porter. Mitch is in the middle, if you are watching the visual. And then Tanner's on the very right. So, a uh, little different scenery if you're uh, watching the YouTube. we uh, I'm building a bar at the house, and it's halfway done. And I think this is where we're going to end up doing predominantly all of our podcasts, unless we're traveling. So, heck yeah, man. I, I mean, this bar is coming along nicely and uh, definitely think it's a good place to do a podcast rather than do just doing it inside. But it's all it's all in the works, man. We're, we're going to continue to keep getting better at uh, everything we do. So, this being one of them. Yep, 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 yep. So, yeah. Well, um, I think our first topic of the day we were wanting to kind of discuss was we have so many people think that we're from Louisiana and not dogging Louisiana at all, but we're definitely from Texas. 100%. Southeast Texas, uh, proud. And a lot of people, I don't know if they think we're trying to be like Louisiana, but in no way are we trying to do that. We literally live, what, 30 to 45 minutes from the Louisiana border. And we do a lot of the same things as the guys down there. I mean, we cook a lot of crawfish. We, we duck hunt. We do a lot of trot lining, a lot of fishing and stuff, and, you know, a lot of people think we are trying to be like Louisiana, but that's just not the case. Yeah, I – um, and I hate when people are like, oh, dude, there's no bayous in Texas. It's like we live on the bayou. There's literally – oh, that's all we do is bayou. I mean, we are constantly on the bayou. Bayou, marsh. If we have nothing better to do, that's literally what we do. Just go screw off on the bayou. That's all we do. They're, I guess people just don't know that Texas has that because Texas is so freaking big, but it's because you have desert, tundra, basically mountains. Over here, we're in the marsh bayou. Yeah, I mean, we're literally 10 minutes from the closest boat ramp to the bayou. I mean, like, what do we do in the summer on Sundays? Sandbar Sundays on the bayou. Sandbar Sundays. Well, I, I kind of like sandbar Saturdays because then – Either way. But sandbar, sandbar Sundays. Sandbar, and, and it's not even a sandbar. I mean, it's it's mainly mud. Yeah, it's uh, mud bar. Hur- hurricanes have absolutely destroyed our sandbar, and uh, it's uh, basically mud. But, I mean, that's what we do. It's – I think it's the only sandbar that's actually – it's like, oh, man, it's good today. And you're in waist deep water. There's no yeah, there's, dry land. Yeah, look, half the time you're lucky if your boat even sticks. You got to put yeah. a damn anchor out. Uh, if you got power poles, you know that's about the way to go. But uh, half the time, yeah, your your boat just sits in open water while you're yeah waist there, deep drinking beer. It's about that time though. I mean, a lot of people are doing the same bar Sundays right now. Oh, I've been I, shit. I've been multiple three four times by now. Well, not me, but. I was getting videos yesterday of uh, me jumping out of the tree and all nude. <laughs> yeah. A year to date from yesterday. So that was a year ago. That was a year wow. ago. Yeah. We're old. But so that our topic was, you know, we are from Texas. We're proud to be Texas. And if anyone's never been to Texas, some of like our places that we recommend to go to, like one of the number one places for me is going to Fredericksburg, Texas, which if you're not from there, it's our wine. It's our Napa Valley compared to California. 
probably the second biggest wine spot in the United States, I would say. Yeah. I'm definitely not a geologist. It's, it's a badass place it's, to go. I like it. Yeah. I mean, there's 300, uh, like 300 wineries within like 100 square miles. So yeah, I've been one time, and uh, I kind of screwed up. I went during COVID because I actually had some time off. And, of course, I get up there, and there's like three wineries open. Everything closed. Yep. Uh, the week of the, the time I went. So I didn't really get to do anything or experience anything. But, uh, I mean, I, it was fun. What a bullshit time the yeah. COVID era was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a bullshit Oh, yeah, and all of a sudden, time. yeah, COVID don't exist anymore, right? Well, no. Who the hell's heard of COVID in the last three yeah. months? Russia helped us with that yeah, one. Russia. Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah, y'all stopped COVID. I us. think it was all a hoax, in my opinion. Um, you, you can disagree with me. It was all a big hoax. <laughs> But um, on how bad it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, disagreeing that COVID was a thing. Yes, but did they blow it up? Uh, did they, you know, blow it out of the water? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think the the common cold. I had COVID. I, I personally had COVID. Well, no, it wasn't that bad. It was like a common cold, man. Yep. Yeah. Me and you had it at the same time. We did. I just hate that everything shut down. That was the that's, whole yeah. That's the worst part. And all the mask, god dang, the mask shit. Jesus <laughs> Christ! There are still people. Oh, I know. They that still regularly mm-hmm. wear masks. Like you will not. There's there's people I work with that just you will not see them without a mask on. Hey, whatever. I, that's yeah. your call, well, boy. Yeah, dude, ha- I was hammer uh, down. Have fun. I was at the gym a while back in the steam room, and there was a guy wearing a mask inside of the steam room. Dude, that would suck. I could yeah. barely breathe in there, to, you know, with no mask. Yeah. But that dude's dedicated, like, hardcore. Like, he's not yeah. getting COVID. First Corona. <laughs> don't go in a steam room if you're worried about catching a disease. Exactly. Or a virus. <laughs> Everything that is in a human's body is coming out in that oh, steam yeah. room. Oh, yeah. In the nude. In the nude. God uh, damn. I know something we can get into. So, the southeast <laughs> Texas coast is very vulnerable to hurricanes and uh, Porter... It's probably, I mean, we all live around here, but Porter's got hammered. (laughs) The worst luck by the hurricanes. Of any of us. Actually, the garage we're sitting in at one time had how many feet of water in it? Four and a half foot. Four and a half (laughs) foot of water. So we got hit, uh, what was it, a couple years back by Harvey. and Then Imelda. I was very fortunate. (laughs) I'm currently not living in Hampshire, and... um, I don't know how many inches we got of rain during Harvey. 42 uh, during Harvey. Oh, okay. Imelda was more. I think Imelda was like 54. <laughs> yes. Uh, roughly, uh, roughly 54 inches. There was at least 54 to 60 right here at my house. Yeah, so Porter, you know, he can't even get to his damn house. We're riding up to his house in mud boats yeah. trying to get all his shit out of here. So. <laughs> the best image I have of Porter's house during the hurricane is literally out I mean, it took me, what, uh, four days to get here? Yeah. From my house, and I live 10 minutes down the road. It, it, it took me roughly four days you to get here. You weren't getting here without a boat. Yeah, yeah. I could have possibly drove my bay boat over here, but I, I, I waited till I could get my truck at least halfway here. And so, uh, I had to walk down the driveway. But when you pull up and there's the amount of stuff that was on your roof – <laughs> I mean, there yeah. was golf clubs, shotguns, rifles, um, clothing. There was shit spread all over yeah. your roof, trying to dry it out. You know, trying to help it well, out and try to keep it dry. Trying to damn, keep it from from being ruined. <laughs> Mill doing, dude. <laughs> I mean, it was 
It was insane. My roof looked like the trashiest trailer park in it Southeast Texas. Just shit was strung over 1,800 square foot of roof. Just It was rough. Yeah, it was But so, not once, but twice, I believe, Porter twice. got yes. flooded. Yeah. Wasn't it twice, no. Porter? <laughs> yeah, we know it's twice. So the first time was I signed paperwork 11 days after. Not even a full two weeks. 11 days. Got three foot of water in my house. Like, yeah. fuck yeah. That was awesome. So, so, so note this. Porter's grandparents built this house in what? 78. Yeah. However many years ago. And uh, not one time, not one single time did water get in this house from a flood. Nope. 11 days after I 11 buy. days after Porter May signed paperwork. So he has three foot of water in his house. The, and Harvey wasn't bad. My, my house is weird. So, like, the front had like three foot, the back had like a foot. Then Imelda came, and I was, just to keep it simple, I was able to launch my 17-foot nitro with a 120 and drive it into my garage and then out of it and pick up all my shit. Yeah. Crazy times, man. I hope we never see another flood like that around here. No. I mean, the water was almost up to the front of the bar that y'all are wa- If you're watching the visual or the TikTok live, it was freaking high yeah it was up there and i think the thing i was mostly upset about was i probably had 500 600 pounds of offshore fish deer we threw away three freezers the first time do you remember at the uh yes yes i'll never ever forget we're at the the junkyard or the dump or whatever and they they told you clean out your freezers or fridges don't let it i was like nah dude screw that so we just kind of taped it up well we're trying to get this damn freezer off loaded out of the back of the uh truck and the door opens mm. and the growth it was like a mm. it was a uh, pintail yes. maybe it was a duck yes. that we were supposed to be mounting but it just rotted it fell it <laughs> fell out and almost landed on someone and they screamed like a bitch it was uh it was your who was that i don't remember that guy's name i don't remember but someone screamed like a bitch cuz a fucking just some gross-ass duck just fell out. Literally fell out. The, the door fell open, and it wasn't the only thing that fell out of that freezer. Oh, no. There's like 100 pounds of shrimp just rotting. It was, uh, it was man. It, and you want to talk about knock you out smell-wise. So murder you. During that time of Harvey, I, I was currently, still am living in Port Natchez, so I was off work for several weeks with pay. So I went and stayed at Tanner's house for like, two weeks and it was just pretty much a big party because tanner didn't flood and we hung out played pool drank every night and during the day we'd come help porter and uh you brothers. know just help anybody help that brothers. needed to be gutted you know their their homes needed to be gutted out we just you know had a good old time but a bunch of people were uh really unfortunate during that the time of harvey man and yeah, yeah our, our area got slammed uh during harvey and for the first time, our area ever has has been slammed by flooding. And um, what what pisses me off is those meteorologists like it's a five hundred year flood for Harvey. Oh, and yeah. two years later, it's yeah, like literally. okay, that's a fifteen hundred year flood. It's like yeah, nah, that's y'all full of shit now. Yeah, I no longer rely on the local news. For, Greg Boswick, Boswick, uh, <laughs> his predictions it. are normally 100% the opposite. Well, Boswick shafted me out of multiple weekends at the lake, <laughs> so I just, you know, nothing bad to say about Boswick, but, you know, I kind of just, I check my, 
my app on my phone. If you want to know what the weather's going to be like, just 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 look up old Boswick and whatever he says. The absolute opposite is going to happen. <laughs> I am, and I think, uh, <laughs> so you'll know. I mean, if, if it's supposed to be the shittiest possible weather out there, you might as well plan a fishing trip or a hunt. Yeah, I just kind of go off a of rumor. Like rumor is <laughs> my favorite, and like intuition. That's when I. It's like uh, it might be warm today. Go out. Yeah, forty-two degrees. I hope we don't get any, but it's it's a yearly thing that we everyone that lives in Southeast Texas has to worry about is a hurricane because everyone around here is prone to flooding, wind damage, yeah. uh, everyone on the coast, and it's it's it yeah. sucks. But we'll never leave. You know, it's yeah. you see people year after year rebuilding their homes after hurricanes, but we rebuild. We have a very strong community, and you know everyone kind of comes together during that time, and uh, we'll never leave. No, I definitely love our community. They helped out a lot even when i was you know in my predicament there's people with worse predicaments like man if you need help i'm like no nah, bro you got nine foot in your house yeah. you definitely need some help i will tell you this after harvey uh, we went out by the bayou whether those homes on the bayou dude i mean water up to the roof cars completely trucks completely submerged underwater dude, remember we took that trip to aaron george his house Dude, we were, we were riding down Boondocks Road, and, I mean, it was nine foot of water on top of that road. We were riding a bass boat down the middle of the road. A bass boat straight down the middle of the road. I guarantee you it was every bit of eight, nine foot. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're looking at under the water. You're looking at trucks uh, several inches underwater. You know, I mean, it was – and this was two days after the flood. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's almost like that first day it got worse. That water had you know, nowhere it, to go. Yeah, it had nowhere to go. It's like it, it literally got worse, and uh, just just kept getting higher. And before we even had a chance to do anything, and uh, <laughs> I just which I'm not going to get into details of that day because that was a very very oh, rough day, very for all traumatic. Of us. I will say though, this was the most one of the scariest. But I'm laughing because I was like, we're going to die. Be so, my mom and them were walking back during Imelda to the house, and they're walking with the dogs, and it's already waist-deep water. And they're like, as soon as they walk through my door, because they're like, are you dry? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm still dry. They walk in, and I was like, we got to go, like, now. So each one of us, because we have, like, six dogs, we're walking through, like, Forrest Gump, holding a dog like a gun above us, all the way back to the Stokes' house, just wading through chest-deep water. I'm like, and it's just lightning, skipping off the water. It's like, the, like, the Stokes, did they flood? No, they're built up on a dam. I know they're high, but I wasn't sure if they floated or not. I, I couldn't remember. They, they're The ground is higher than my roof back there. Probably. Honestly, if you're going to live in our area, you, you have to build up. I mean, yeah. if you're building a new home, you have to build up. Either I, build I, a beach cabin or you got to lay a pad. Or do it, Mitch. Several does. feet high. Mitch is rich over here. He put like 38 loads of dirt down. Not rich at all, but I made sure I was high enough. So I didn't have to worry about flooding. And hopefully, if I flood, we're all screwed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you flood, then I've got three, four foot of water in my house. Yeah. Well, if you have three, four foot of water, I... Completely Porter's submerged. Yeah, Porter's completely submerged. I need an arc. <laughs> I'll need an arc. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. yeah. And it's getting hot. I'm. We had to wait a little bit later to do this because earlier Tanner was sweating his ass off I'm, while we're just standing I'm, out here. I'm drenched already. It, it didn't matter. I'm... I'm soaking ass wet. It's about time, though, to go to the river. Go do a little floating, which a lot of people think that's weird. Anybody out of state, they they think it's crazy that we 
like just go and for fun float down water. That and, is a pretty yearly event, uh, annual oh, event, at least once or twice. I love it. For each one of us. Um, so what you do is get a 1,000 rednecks or just normal people, I guess from Texas, anyone really from Texas, give them a black hot-ass tube that will melt your skin and put them in a cold-ass water that's called Frio and float them for five hours. Or Guadalupe. Or Guadalupe. Yeah. Guadalupe also. I, I love going up and floating the river. I get a group of your friends up there. So <laughs> a lot of really good stories from floating the river. Basically, just a big river up in Texas. You got the Guadalupe, the Frio. There, there's several. But uh, you get a good group of friends and go up there. And they have, you know, um, my, honestly, my favorite floats the horseshoe float on the Guadalupe. <laughs> it's, you know. Fast. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, What's but, that, a two-hour float? Yeah, about a two-hour float. But you can go up to, what, probably five-hour plus I've floated. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Seven hours. Basically, you get a bunch of people together, and it's a great time. You throw a big bag of wine around, slap the bag, you know, nurse on some wine. Oh, yeah. uh, Most people, uh, someone's got music, you know, in the group, playing music, drinking, having a good time. Yeah, what I do not know, I'm going to get some heat for this, but I went with Ryan Johnson and them last year or two years ago. And they have a speaker. It has like six eight inch like Bose speakers on it, a sub, and it's called like the father in law or something like that. Or the friend stealer or whatever. And that thing was if we didn't have eighty people tied to us, I'd be lying. Straight up. They just all connected like a giant just chain. Well the best one the best one I've I remember is uh when me and you we both brought our uh our exo gears and tied them together. Oh yeah, we literally we bought an extra tube specifically for our speakers and uh, tied them together and had them facing both opposite directions. And that was when they- dude, we had the entire river tied to us. We were, I mean, we were the we were the party. The funniest thing we've ever done was for my older brother's bachelor party. My cousin built a a cooler and it dispensed. <laughs> It dispensed liquid out of it. He had a tube coming out of it with a bilge pump installed in it, and he filled it up with uh, Captain, Captain Morgan and Coke, and he cut up limes and put them in there. And you turn that sucker on. I don't know what, uh, what kind of pump he had in there, but that thing shot out so fast you could f- dispense it to people. Acro- I mean, not across the, the river, but a good distance away. And he would, It had its own tube. He was turning it on and just flushing it man oh, people were just you'd drive up. by a bunch of girls on the side it's like you want some liquor they're like yeah and he'd hit it and this thing's like 60 gallons a minute like through a, <laughs> a half inch hose he would squirt it like 15 feet and just get them coke like and coke stickier than shit so they're just like what the fuck yeah it was pretty funny i don't know what he had in there just a little bilge pump but it, it was pretty cool it just dispensed liquor out of it that was such a fun time so, that your brother's Bachelor party was fun. The hell that one time, me and you haven't been in a long time, Tanner. Probably since yeah, I, man. I, I I couldn't tell you the last time I've been to the river. It's been, I think honestly, no shit. I'm pretty sure it's been since uh, since Joe's bachelor party. Oh yeah, remember when uh, me and Joe went on that extra float and left everybody? Yeah, we we got done with the that float. We did like five hours, and we're like, all right, and then we're like, where's Joe and Tanner? They had just yeah. gone. So I, I, 
when we when we pulled the the tubes out of the river, you know, it was me and Joe, and we didn't have anything. We had our one cooler, and uh, we didn't even have a speaker. So we we pulled out and was walking. We got man, we got way up above the bridge and everything else, and we were looking down at all y'all jackasses and everybody was drunk and screwing around and we stood there for like 20 minutes and i tell you what joe literally himself was like dude let's go float again and it was his bachelor party so you what am i gonna say that. you can't what say am that. i gonna say no yeah so we took off and uh we got on the bus and drove around and just went on our own float yeah. and left everybody we waited hours hours we get back and people are scattered around the freaking city looking for me and joe because <laughs> we didn't even have phones we didn't have nothing you hear a lot of stories about Joe and old Joe, man. He's he's kind of a mysterious character, and we hope Very. to have him as a, as a guest. Not even a guest. He's he'd pretty much be the host if we have him on. But what what a good dude old Joe is. Been a great friend to me and to all of us, and uh, we love old Joe. Joe's a good fellow, man. An original he's, uh, dragon. He is the original dragon. Too bad he's, he just loves pooching. He loves to pooch. Uh, Joe is a pooch master, and when we say pooch, that's kind of the term we use when when someone kind of um just doesn't show up backs out or doesn't show up oh he pooched you know <laughs> like he'll tell you a hundred percent i'll be there and literally he's the does never shows so the belt of the pooch used to be passed on you know i pooched quite a bit a while back tanner's had his share of pooching yeah. mitchell is definitely the king pooch i am not i'm no of longer all the king. time okay well used to i'm not saying now no, i'm just used saying to. over the time I'd over say time you, the belt Changes. You probably held the belt the longest. Okay, maybe I've held the belt the longest, but I no longer hold it. I believe Joe is now in ownership of the pooch belt. <laughs> would you agree? I would definitely I'm inclined agree. to agree to that. I 100% agree. You hear that, Joe? If you if you watch this, you're I holding hope, the belt. I hope he's watching TikTok live. Joe doesn't have TikTok. He'll randomly, like every three years, he'll look at his Facebook. That's yeah, why... Yeah. That's why a while back he went on a spree liking photos from 2009. And yeah, people and like, started so much shit yeah. between all of us and uh, all the Anahuac guys. Good well, yeah. Lord. He only liked photos of us and our ex-women. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> yeah from 20 years ago. <laughs> Old Joe. Yeah, he'll get the best of you. But, yeah. Um, shit, what do, oh, we have a tournament coming up this weekend. Bass tournament. Yeah, potential. But oh, well, I'm I'm fishing. Yeah, I don't know yet because I was literally told like moments ago before we started this. I'm gonna try to fish it. Unfortunately, with this man sitting next to me, Tanner, um, on Rayburn, uh, Sam Rayburn Lake, one of our uh, good friends is hosting a smaller tournament. Yeah, I think it's only like probably thirty teams, not that big. That's but plenty. Yeah, I mean, it's like a company tournament. I think I think you just get. Uh, like if you win, you get to choose a prize, Yeti or something like that. Yeah. I wouldn't mind fishing Rayburn. I haven't fished it probably in about a year or two, but I yeah. just know me and Rance are going to kick everybody's ass. Yeah, I'm pretty so. sure you and Rance ain't going to catch a fish. There's a good chance. Because this, this is because uh, you're facing me and Mitchell. And mm-hmm. you know how Mitchell is. Mitchell is pretty much the best bass fisherman out there. Yeah. He's uh, got to carry Joe every year. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Mitchell, I'm not even going to – I might even not even throw my rod in the water. You probably won't have to. I'll I catch him off for I'll just throw a spoon behind the boat and just troll while Mitch just slaughters fish all day. I'll catch us a couple dinks. 
you laugh about that, but my wife, every time we go fishing, she just fishes out of the back, just bumping it, bumping it, and she'll just, I'll just hear. Yeah, Delaney's fish is bigger than my PR. Yeah, I think mine too. Yeah, and she thought nothing of it. Well, yeah, because she redfish. She's like, oh, redfish are so much bigger than bass. It's like, well, no shit. Yeah. But, hey, whatever. I'm, I'm ready to go tear up. And I know Tanner, after last weekend, for sure, Tanner's not going to be the one to bring me to do it. But I'm ready to go tear up some trout and some reds. <laughs> I might have uh, to holler at somebody else. Call Doug. Like I said, Doug, Tanner Doug will do it for definitely you. Definitely ain't going to be actually, the one to do it. Let's call Warhola. Warhola will put us on some reds. I need to get into some reds. I think Warhola can put us on some reds about 180 miles out. Yeah. Warhola <laughs> will put you on anything, really. I mean, hell, he bought a bass boat the other day. doesn't even bass fish. Lucky bastard. But, yeah, so we have that plan this week. We just – this is our one day off, so we decided to do this podcast, be in shift work, and we – just to reiterate, most people that watch most of our stuff, watch our videos, they think this is what we do full-time. It's not, unfortunately, so. Maybe we, one day. I would say at this point this is something we do for fun as a – Yes. I mean, this is kind of a hobby for us. A hobby and literally, I mean, it is a hobby. Yeah, that's pretty much that's what, what we is. do. I mean, we just besides screwing off, drinking beer and bourbon, or yeah. hunting and fishing, this is kind of what we do. Yep. We even uh, in times after work, we got work the next day. Yeah, just going, just mess around. Yep. I'm telling you, it's it's getting close to those bayou days. It's really close to. Well, I mean, it's been jug lining time, but I like just going out there and setting out a hundred jugs and just drinking beer all day. Even if I don't catch nothing, it's like, well, I'm going to catch a buzz. Yep. And get really drunk. I, I remember Porter a while back. He was running jugs in the bayou, and I received a picture. I don't know who he was running jugs with, but he sent me this picture of this giant gar uh, strung up from a tree. It was like almost a six-foot gar. Was it six foot? Yeah, it was easily six foot. Six-foot gar, and I was like, damn, man. You caught that on a jug line? He was like, no, we actually ran over it in the boat and then turned oh, around and went yeah, and No, that was day. with Delaney. So me and my wife were just hauling ass. We're probably going about 50 down North Fort. Which is not a bayou. You should be going 50 down. No, there's fl- there's refrigerators that float down it. It's like 20 foot wide. I mean, <laughs> we're hauling ass. Trees all the way across. We're hauling ass. And I just smash something i'm like jesus christ i just destroyed my lower unit like my shut off my motor everything crank it back up it actually cranked up and i was like jesus christ what did i hit i look back and i just see bellows of blood just <laughs> floating around i was like i killed somebody and then delaney's like look it was six it was a six foot two 145 pound gar big old garfish well it's the slight like it filleted it so I was like, I get excited about anything like that. So I grab my rod and reel, hook into it, and I start just fighting it. I'm like, run the troller motor for me. She, and when we, I got it in the boat, strapped it up. She would not get close to it. She just sat on the very front, and I just. Do you blame her? Well, yeah, no, because that <laughs> son of a bitch hit me in the back of the head and almost knocked my ass out. I'm saying the things are some nasty bastards. Porter's one of those guys, man, when we were in high school, we'd hit like a, a squirrel on the road and he would stop the truck and he'd be like, oh, we're going to get that squirrel. 
And he would reverse the truck, go get the squirrel. This happened. And we went to my front uh, driveway, and he cleaned that squirrel in the front driveway. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, there ain't it's, nothing wrong yeah, with I mean, it. it died that day. Oh, dude. my <laughs> Porter salvages his kills for sure. Dude, my favorite. I love rice season. If you go down 65, the back road from Winnie to Anahuac, all the rice jumps out of that truck. They'll be dove like crazy. And if you're going about 110, they cannot get out of the way. <laughs> Like, my record's like 18, and I just... Just turn around and go get them. Oh, I just stopped. I got all jammed in the grill. Oh, dude, that, you just... Of that Yoda. This pluck old, them, man. Old Reba. Dude, Reba. Back in the day, old Reba, yeah. People, we all joke about my truck, but I used to have a little Tacoma that I would pull a 22-foot champion with. One time, I went and scrap metaled from a buddy of mine from a handcomer. And did forty six hundred pounds of metal behind that Tacoma, and I, I it was a bumper pull too. So a I single just, cab four cylinder, the lowest grade Tacoma you could possibly own. Yep. And I pulled and all kinds. Of shit. She she was a little workhorse. Though, she man. was a workhorse, dude. One time, I brought like it was an eighteen foot boxed in trailer. I carried it to work and just load. I had coolers. Out the ass, and one of my coworkers was like, "Dude, what is in there? What's in there?" I would not, would not tell him. I drove it all the way up to uh, Concan, and just running like five thousand RPMs the whole way. Yeah, we uh, we sat there in the little bit of time, and we're just talking bullshitting and just talking about old times, what we can talk about. And lately, the last two clips uh, that we post on Instagram that went real viral. I guess you can call it viral million views. We're talking about me getting bit by the snake. It's like, well, I got another near, close to near, I guess, death experience I could talk about. So then all the doctors on TikTok can be pissed off again. Yeah. But so it was like senior year of high school, summertime, since we've been on the topic the whole time about summer and, you know, what we're going to do. We're at old classy Crystal, which if people don't know, if you're – East of the Mississippi, or if you're on the West Coast, you got real nice blue water. We got dirty, bullshit Gulf of Mexico shit water. We got stuff that will literally eat the skin off your body. Some kind Flesh of eating bacteria lurks in our waters. <laughs> yes. So we're on the, I'm on this beach with our fourth that's not here, Joe. And as usual, at per usual, Joe's not here. And uh, there was a, group of guys there and I used to be decently quick back in the day and everybody's like oh man let's go on the beach let's race and I'm wearing a blue speedo and if anyone is listening to this that is Mitchell cracking a Michelob Ultra and he's about to shotgun it and he is drinking it so anyway we uh we go and race, and we're in the middle of running. I'm in a blue and gold Speedo, wearing like a cowboy hat, looking like a real jackass. Running, and just halfway through, I just feel the something weird, a weird sensation. I was like, oh, no, I got to stop. I just fell. Like I got shot by a 50 cal, just <laughs> folded. I was like, oh, my foot. I looked down. I have the head of a rotted corpse of a hardhead catfish, the fin sticking through my foot, just 
perfectly just right through my foot. And I was so like, "So you stepped on that fish, and it's it's defense mechanism. It's fin jabbed all the way through your foot." Yes, it was a rod, just the head too, no body, just the head. I'm talking like flies were around it, kind of <laughs> shit. Well, the fin goes through my foot. You can see the fin at the top of my foot. Not not much, but just poking like the skin out. And I was like, I was like, oh no. So it was me, Joe, and then a buddy of ours, Hunter Bergeron. At the time, and still to this day, he goes by Uncle Bo because he's a big, burly bastard. He just comes and picks me up. He's like 300 pounds, six foot, five, six, big dude, just picks me up, sets me on the bed of the truck, and he's like, we got to get that thing out. Just He goes on the count of three. One, and then just rips it out. I wanted to cry. But there was women around, so I didn't. And dudes, you re- I'd rather cry in front of a woman in front of a bunch of dudes. Rips it out and then just pulls out a bottle of Everclear and pours it all over my foot. Just, I, I guess I thought that would, you know, decontaminate it. Days go on. I've been, you know, I didn't go get it treated, didn't put no neosporin. Things like, got to be prone to infection. Yeah, well, I, I would say so <laughs> since it was... At Crystal Beach, classy Crystal, and a rotted corpse Crystal, of a catfish. Crystal Beach is probably one of the cleanest beaches in Texas. Okay, are so. We, are, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like day five, and I just get to the point where I cannot, like, I can't put any weight on it, and I guess fast forward a little bit, or reverse. My grandmother told me, she's like, oh, there's an old home remedy. Put this black salve on it. It was just in this goop bottle from like 1960-something. What is salve? It's a, it was like a little liquid that turned into like almost like a rubbery consistency. Well, I just kept rubbing it on my foot thinking, oh, this is what's going to do it. Where do you purchase that salve from? You get it at your local pharmacy or what? I doubt you can even buy that anymore. You might, but I doubt it. It was just like monkey's blood back in the day. But So I got this black salve, kept putting it on. It's like day five. I was like, I got to go to the, the doctor. This shit is, I can't walk on it. I go in and they just automatically, they're like, so, sir, what's wrong? I'm like, well, I st- stepped on a catfish a few days ago and it really hurts. They're like, well, let me see your foot. I pull it out and at, on the bottom of my foot was turning green, purple, blue. It looked like, like melted Skittles on the bottom of my foot. Just started infecting and festering. So... They're like, oh, my God. So they go ahead and start injecting me with some shit. I don't know what it was. It was thick, and it made my ass cheek just cramp up. And they're like, sir, if you would have gone another 24 to 48 hours, we probably would have had to cut off your leg. Like, what? They're like, you're on, like, the verge of blood poisoning. You should have came out. They had to do, like, x-rays because, like, the needles could have been stuck in my foot. So I don't know a lot about hardheads, but I know if you get – their whatever you call that fin that comes up penetrates your that skin. That dorsal. That dorsal fin penetrates your skin. That's not, not a good situation. Yeah. No. Be- I've, I've been, I've had my fair share of uh, stabs. Not not that bad. Uh, like I still got my scar, whichever hand it was right here. Went straight into the hand about halfway. You know, that was, I was 10, you know, and I still got the scar from that. You know, that was a very, very painful moment. I mean, the, the things ain't no joke. 
I, I mean, no. I don't care who you are. You get stabbed by even just the slightest little abrasion by one of those fins still burns like hell. Here's a topic. What's the worst, and I can tell you mine, what's the worst pain you've ever received from anything? Tanner, I believe you can go first on this one. Uh, you must know what you're talking about compared to me because I don't, I don't know. What you're I remember about. when your appendix ruptured and that wasn't good. Oh, okay. Oh, my Lord. That okay. probably would be number one. Yeah. I Yeah, I forget about the appendix because um, it was actual something that I didn't have control of. Normally injuries, my injuries at least, are because I'm a dumbass. But uh, – no, the appendix, you know, I didn't have no choice. That just happened. Um, so my family, we have a we have a beach cabin in Louisiana on Louisiana. Back to our Texas and Louisiana thing. No, I'm from Texas. We live in Texas. We party and drink in Texas. We hunt and fish in Texas. But I do have a beach cabin, family owned. It's not mine personally, uh, in Louisiana. But anyway, we were down there. Actually, you know what? I don't even think we own the anyway. Anyway, we had a uh, we had property in Louisiana at the time, and so I was convinced to go down there and spend a weekend. And I don't think I made it twenty four hours, roughly, before I was in the hospital. Uh, that was by far the most painful thing i've ever gone through um it was rough and what's sad is it didn't even rupture you know i know people that their appendix ruptured and they're just like oh yeah joe mine was inflamed and like on the verge of rupturing for like two days right so it was like i was at that point i was at that very point for a very long time it just never actually ruptured Good, you need your appendix. That's like yeah. one of the most important body parts yeah, I heard. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty important. And <laughs> Yeah, um, tell the doctors that on TikTok. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they removed it, and I went through my surgery, and I came out of it like a peach, you know, it was perfect. And I, when, you, when you talk about what's the most pain you've ever been in, the most painful thing, I really haven't, like, I've, I've gotten in fights and stuff, you know, and, you know, things of that nature, but when, I'll tell you what I really hate, and it's not that it's painful, it's when I, like, cut myself and i'll tell you the worst thing is when you cut yourself and it's cold outside one time i was gutting this hog with a buddy of mine and uh we were in in south texas and we were uh, we were getting down on this pig man and um i had this big old sharp knife someone was letting me use this sharp knife and i laid my hand open with that knife uh i don't remember it was like half my finger in my hand and uh and I laid it open pretty good, and uh, dude, you when, called me like moments. When after you that. cut yourself, I mean, especially cleaning an animal. I mean, I had a, a couple. Uh, we were drinking that day, and it was, it was the rear joint of that hog, the the hind quarter of that hog. We were, um, you know, just cleaning out a big old pig. I laid my hand open, and dude. There's, for me, there's nothing worse than cutting yourself and then a combination of that when it's cold. A girl there had was menstruating, and she handed me one. <laughs> she was menstruating at the time, luckily, and she had a big old um, box of those, um, I don't know if they were pads or tampons or whatever. She was like, here, put this on there. And she gave me that tampon, and I wrapped 
I had tape and I wrapped that tampon <laughs> around my hand. And I was like, thank God you're here. Jesus <laughs> you know, Christ. Jesus. That's, yeah, that was, uh, I was, I've cut myself many that's times. That's a good one right there. Wow. I, I hate it, man. I hate cutting myself. Pretty sure I've relived that story multiple times. I've never heard that section of that. Yeah, story. that is great. Yeah, she had one. And I'll tell you what, that son of a bitch absorbs some blood, too. They work. I'll give them that. <laughs> they well, do what they're designed to do. <laughs> Jesus. I have, uh, well, my wife made me put one in my nose once and it did work. But, uh, I think the most <laughs> – I don't even know how to back that up, but it was offshore fishing with my buddy Brandon. Last year we were doing the Wahoo, the Texas Coast Wahoo Tournament, and we have like six or seven lines out. We're just reeling them up because we ended up hooking up onto one or two, however it was. And I'm reeling line up, and I just see something dangling from the, the line. So I just grab it, and I go to flick it off. And it wraps around my hand like three times. It was a damn man of war tentacle. <laughs> oh my lord! It wrapped around my hand, and then I couldn't get it off. So I was sitting there trying to scrape it off with both my hands because I just at first I didn't know. I was like, it looked like snot. If you ever seen a jellyfish tentacle, that thing, like I got it off, and it was at first it was just felt like, like you stuck your hand in like a pile of ants. I was like, I was like, man, that burns. And then it felt like I just set it in between a vice and let you just hammer my hand. It just started throbbing for hours. Once you got it off, the pain just increased. Oh, dude, it increased for, it was like almost like a five-hour process. So what is a, a man of war? Is that just a big-ass <laughs> jellyfish? Because you always hear people, get out of it's the water, a deadly a jellyfish. War. It's, it's, yeah, it's one it's of the most deadly jellyfish yeah, on I, the planet. I mean, I'm not a scientist, not an anabolic yeah, biologist, but either. it's like, I would say it's probably in the top two, like, kills more people than anybody else. Like, usually you go into anaphylactic shock. And I think it's mostly because they're so long, you know. They, yeah. they wrap you up, and, and you can't you can't get away from them. Yeah, they have, like, a poison. Yeah. Well, that thing, it had me from, like, almost my rich wrist down to my fingers, and it was just agonizing pain for four and a half, five hours. Like, no amount of alcohol would cure it. It was just... Burning? Bur- burning. Like, it felt like it broke my bone. And yeah. I broke my arm. I've had surgery. Got my arm put back in place. That right there, that man of war. And they, they're like they float on top of the water, and they have like seven foot, like yeah. And what do you call them? Antennas, maybe or tentacles. 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 Yeah, Squidward and, tentacles. Antennas. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and we'll call them antennas. We'll call them antennas now. But that, uh, that by far was probably the most painful. Thing. I've been stung on the face by a jellyfish and I'm, when I was like 12 and my stepdad was like, well, you got to pee on your face. I'm like, that ain't happening, so, bro. So there was no treatment for that when you got stung by that man or no one urined on your hand or nothing? It, no. I wonder what, like, you always hear, like, if you get stung by a jellyfish for someone to piss on you, like, dude, it helps. But I highly doubt that that really helps. Dude, I... They say it helps. I mean, no, I but just, I, I've been stung multiple times like on my legs yeah i've been, I've had my fair share nothing n- not by a man of war no but i peed on myself i peed on my kneecap one time i got stung i felt no difference yeah. so not saying it doesn't work for some people it did not work for me yeah but the that and brand what was funny was i was sitting there and i did that and nobody saw it so i was just sitting there like that well i say no one saw it brandon was up In controlling the, the boat yeah and he just turns around, and he's looking at me and just smiles and says, I know that fucking hurt. Yeah. 
I bet it did. He was like, that was a man of war. I was like, that hurts. And it kept hurting and kept hurting. Made me like sick to my stomach. Yeah, we just got to sell. I'm turning that off. So I want to go back and I want to replace my story with uh, one of my most painful. And and I'm pretty sure the only person that uh, dealt with this was Mitchell. Um, So one year, it it was New Year's. I blew my hand off with a uh, <laughs> artillery shell. <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all remember that. <laughs> okay, you didn't blow your hand. I didn't off. blow it yeah, off. Still Obviously, I still have my hands. I have hands, but I basically blew my hand off with a full blown, <laughs> legit, full size artillery shell on pure accident. Uh, we had we had New Year's and all kinds of family was staying at the time, and uh, we we. I mean, we blew fireworks for, I mean, who knows how how long? A few minutes, probably. Yeah, probably just a few minutes. But anyway, so I woke up. I was one of the first ones up in the morning, and uh, I woke up. I started cleaning up, and I, I, I made a fire, and I uh, was just cleaning up fireworks. I mean, there's fireworks everywhere. I mean, they were scattered all over the freaking property. And uh, whatever fireworks that were still not lit off, I would just throw them in the fire, no matter what they were, and just and just light them off, and and they'd blow up. No big deal, no no problem. Well, I found this box. It was knocked over. There was uh there was six artillery shells, and um, instead of throwing them in the fire, I would light them and just throw them a few feet away, let them blow up, get it over with. Which you you're know? supposed to put them in the tube. And exactly. The artillery shells you put in the tube, and, and you're they launch to launch them up a hundred feet in the air yeah, and right. blow up. But Not anyway, I was lighting them and just throwing them in the yard and letting them blow up, getting them out of the way because, you know, it's first thing in the morning. Everybody's still asleep. I'm just trying to get rid of the shit. Who cares? So uh, I pick up this artillery shell. No big deal, just like every other one. I light it with a, you know, some bitch has a, a, a foot-long fuse, and it explodes before I could even close my eyes. And uh, it was pretty rough. It destroyed my entire hand. Um, I couldn't open my fingers. It, it singed all my skin. Anyway, it was pretty rough. Uh, burned. I don't know what kind of degree burns were on my hand. Second. Whatever. Oh, yeah, just probably re- second. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. So this is this is uh, New Year's. So obviously we're in the middle of duck season, and um, I'm not going to quit duck hunting. And uh, me and Mitchell make our way one weekend to Pond 3 of, I'm not going to say where, uh, probably most likely Central because that's where we slaughter all our ducks. Yeah, go to go hunt Central Unit. But uh, anyway, we go to this position, and um, it's I'm talking the coldest morning of any year we've had where the pond, remember the ponds were frozen over that morning. And um, I'm driving. I'm taking. I'm going going through the pond, and there's literally an inch of water on every pond, and we're t- on top of ice. But anyway, so we're we're doing this hunt, and it's so cold and so dry. I have to use my hand. I I do not have a choice to use my hand, and um, I'm I'm trying to to move my fingers, and I'm just slicing. The skin is just cracking and breaking. And uh, do you remember how much I, blood? I remember your hand was 
You I looked mean, mangled, man. Your hand was <laughs> it was nasty. Was destroyed. That, I think the only thing that really helped it was so cold. You know, I couldn't really feel it. But uh, I mean, it was just every piece of skin was just shattered and just gushing blood. And you know, I'm I had the I had text at the time, I believe, and uh, at least he was picking up our ducks. And uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I, that, I wanted that to replace that with my painful because I mean it was that was a rough. Yeah, and it was self inflicted. It was self inflicted for sure. That was definitely on my own, my my own I, fault. But, I uh, did just so we've been talking about on this podcast doing Q and As from like our TikTok live while we're doing this, uh, you know, recording. And uh, I actually did just get a message saying there was a somebody was asking what's the best way to prepare duck, which I thought was a pretty fitting uh, question. I was going to ask yeah. you guys how y'all thought. Okay, I'll I can say my way, and you know, other people may be different. So, duck. You know, a lot of people. There's a lot of people that don't eat duck. You know, a lot of people think they're they're really gamey, and they are. But if you prepare them properly, they can be very good. And um, I've always believed in everything that I hunt, I like to eat. You know, everything that I harvest, I like to, you know, it's just the right thing to do. And, you know, obviously you want it to taste good. You know, I don't want to hunt something and not eat it. But I want to make it taste good at the same time. So if I'm going to cook a duck, you know, um, probably the best way and the most popular way is you clean them out, you breast them, um, any way you'd like, you know, I, I like to put a, a cut down the breastbone and slice each breast out and, and clean them that way make sure to get as much meat as possible. And most of the time I'll let them, um, sometimes soak in, in a marinade, you know, you, you can, you can prepare a marinade. Um, usually with me, Italian dressing is good. Um, there, there's all different types of marinades you can look up, but Italian dressing is actually pretty good to marinate ducks in. And then season them up, wrap them in bacon and jalapeno, throw them on the grill, man. You really, you, it's hard to beat that. And there's other ways to cook them, but it's hard to beat a bacon wrap, jalapeno, duck. And for people that really don't eat waterfowl and that are just like coming over to hang out, like they'll eat that. That's that's a yeah. good way to cook cook a duck. Oh, definitely. That's uh, one of the easier, definitely most flavorful, best ways to do it. Um Order you want to go? I'll, yeah, well, I mean, you can go ahead and go. My my favorite way, which I don't do it often, but the me personally, and down here in Texas, we shoot mostly teal, especially during teal season. You take your teal, you defeather them. You take you pluck them all the way down. You know, you cut your the feet, head, wings off. Just have the breast or the the whole body, breast, back, all that, and smoke it like in a pellet smoker. And it will get so crispy, and then like halfway through, you then shove some that pellet smoker you got though. It don't hold temp very well, does it? Oh, sh- <laughs> no, that doesn't, not at all. <laughs> but you take that, and you'll like put your vegetables and like butter and shit like that in there, and that like just the whole teal is fantastic. Yeah. What's your favorite just, way, Tanner? So uh, I I've got multiple different ways I cook. Um, duck. I ask for one. I'm yeah I'm I'm going for one. I, the most I do is duck rice and gravy, but that is not my favorite way. I I cook duck rice and gravy very regular. My favorite way, 
and it's just a little bit more work is uh man you 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 flatten them out you you get a, you take a meat uh tenderizer you 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 flatten the breasts out and you fry them just like backstrap and you serve them on uh you know it could be mashed potatoes and gravy whatever rice and gravy uh white uh fried fried duck breast uh, with white country gravy is uh, probably one of the hardest ways. Um, I mean, that's you throw that's them in a, a gumbo fantastic. too. Oh, I, I could cook a freaking hell of a duck gumbo, but most people don't like it. Uh, it, it. It brings the gamey flavor out. I don't give a damn how much you marinate it. Um, you cook a duck gumbo, it uh, it brings out that that gamey that gamey flavor, and um, right. it, I don't care people. Do not like that gamey. Most people do not like that gamey flavor, and uh, I get away from making duck gumbo because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I mean, when when you guys are coming over, I'll definitely do it, and I still do it every now and again. But uh, how was that dinner tonight, Tanner? Oh wow! I tell you what, uh, one of the hardest hardest dinners out there is a nice, fresh, pan seared raw tuna fillet. Well, I guess it'd be seared, not raw, but. Yeah, it's seared. That's what I said. <laughs> no. Pan seared raw. Uh, yeah. It's basically raw. It's just pan seared. Just a very, very thin layer of uh, tuna. tuna. Yeah, tonight's dinner we had yeah. tuna over rice. I'll eat offshore fish any day of the week oh, compared dude. to a freaking duck. Oh, yeah. I mean, tuna, wahoo, swordfish, tile yep. fish. Red snapper. Snapper. <laughs> One of the most common. You can catch a thousand in a day, but yet we can only, we're only we can allowed to. Two. Which is just pathetic. We've been talking about having a game warden on here and just I would asking him. We're going to have a you game warden. You could go 30 podcast. miles out and slaughter Red Snapper. Every now and again, I'm not saying every time, every now and again, and slaughter Red Snapper anywhere from 30 miles to 200 miles on rock, anything, wrecks, rigs, rigs, whatever you want, and you will absolutely slaughter the Red Snapper. But you could keep two a person. Yeah, that'd be definitely be an interesting topic to ask a game warden. Why can we only keep, you know, how many is it? Two. Two you can keep two red. Well, you catch it, more red snapper offshore than you will catch any fish. Is it, is it a population? Guaranteed. Is it a population thing? I don't. I think I, it's just bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I agree. I think yep. it is bullshit. But Why? it's just like bullshit. the the like it's the most popular fish to catch. For some reason, I don't understand that. Whatever, it, I think it's because there's so many you could catch, so many. I think that's why they're the popular fish. So they cut it back. I'm actually going to get a. Um, we're going to have a game warden on here. Yeah, we will 100 percent because and, there's there's many questions that I want to ask the game warden because a lot of people feel the same way about a lot of the different laws that we have down here, and. We're not going to agree on a bunch of things, and we will agree on some, but it'll, it'll definitely be an interesting segment. Well, and at least if we were explained their thought process, I'll accept it. Yeah. But I you just tell me. hear an explanation. Yeah, if you're just going to tell me, I can only catch two red you're snapper. Not, yeah, you're not going to. Nah, bro. You can't read it online. You, you can know? only use a nine-inch prop. You can only shoot six birds. Like, tell me all the, like. I'd like to, I'd like to see the prop. Uh, explanation. Just one hundred. That's my honestly. If I'm sitting in a freaking field full of grass, I would run through that freaking field with a uh, a twelve inch prop doing twelve hundred RPMs or a nine inch prop doing thirty eight hundred RPMs. 
How much more brush am I going to tear up with what? Which one? Please I, tell me. It's, it's, I want to know what you're running that's going 12,000 RPM. No, I said 1,200. Oh, no, no I'm, just, I'm throwing numbers. I'm not. No, that's not 100%. Well, it's like our, uh, the guest we had on our first uh, podcast. He said it's federal overreach bullshit. Yes. And I, I, I agree with that. I mean, that's, that's all it it's is. stuff that they can control that we can't. Which we're grateful that we're able to, all the land we're able to hunt publicly yes. we're, we're very grateful for that but yes on that particular rule well, i want to i want to ask like why and know? but and we're not hating on game wardens we're not hating just curious on some of the rules and that's why we and if yeah, we have uh, any we, kind we of definitely respect you know how many times game wardens have uh let us a, off with the cut us not just let us off cut us slack but uh they 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 help us out during the yeah. season, helping the, uh, the taking out the jackasses, yeah, that uh, literally started the year of and don't never read a single rule. I have no absolute clue what they're doing. Um, no, I definitely have the utmost respect. Oh, for sure. Um, but they, they've, I mean, when when you when you go out there and you run into a game warden, you know when they know. Who they're talking to? Well, you just know, you know when you've messed. You know when you've messed up. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, they they run into a hunter and they start talking to a hunter that has been hunting for twenty years, compared to a hunter that has literally started hunting the day of, basically, and uh, they know the difference. And yeah. th- these these us like us. I mean, they cut us slack compared to these guys that say we're breaking a rule. They're going to cut us slack over some guy that's... Well, if we're breaking a rule, it's not intentional. It's not intentional. Like, it, like it, it's a legit there's, screw There's up. been times where, you know, no, no big rules by any means. Trust but, me, you know, we, we've stuff, had but, our fair share of screw-ups, and uh, we've learned over the years that we don't we do not do that shit no more. I mean, we, we try to play by the rules, and uh, if we do screw up, it's uh, it's on us. I mean, we, yeah. we don't blame it on nobody. I mean, we, we definitely take our... Uh, responsibility, responsibility for ourselves, and uh, but what I'm where I'm getting at is, is is these local game wardens. You know, they 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 know they they know if they're talking to someone who's new versus someone who's who, been hunting who's for old, years. Yes, and uh, right. you see that, and and uh, it's you know, trust me. I mean, being a hunter, being out in the marsh hunting with somebody that's hunted for years or hunting with somebody that's uh, never done it before. And definitely do your research huge, if you're just getting uh, into hunting. Difference. Definitely want to do your research and learn uh, all the, the local laws and regulations. But uh, we definitely respect all of our game wardens. Yep. Well, shit, I guess that, uh, that'll that be the end of this episode. So, I mean, we appreciate everybody following us, listening. We've had a lot of good feedback and – I hate to be the guy that says this, but I mean, the more people that subscribe, we can spread the word and and we're just here for a good time. So 